So Isaiah starts prophesying. Now here was a problem. I'm gonna take you through it real quick. You ready? Okay, here we go. Number one, number one, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse one. Most of you can quote it. Uh, I see a lady over here like, watch me. No. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. That's it. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Eh? And be not conform to this world. Get this down. A decision, we don't say born again, we say they made a decision. Really? Do you ever look up decision? Huh? It's a conclusion after consideration. It means nothing except you've started. Like you decide to get a Big Mac instead of a quarter pounder, but you ain't at McDonald's yet. You ain't at nothing yet. You just made a decision. Yeah. Number two, yes, but Pastor Rod, we have to make a confession. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. A confession. Okay, do you ever look that up? Okay. A confession is a formal statement acknowledging guilt. But you ain't been tried yet. That's repenting. You mean I repented and I'm not saved? No, you're not saved. You mean I repeated the prayer? Yeah. But you're not saved. You're not born again. You know how I know? Because you're just like you was. You're just trying to go to church and let them try to teach you how to be a better person. God did not call you to be a better person. He called you to be born. He called you to be a new creature. That means you stop slapping your wife. That means you put the drink down. That means you get to weed out your house, preacher. Oh, he putting us in bondage. Stop repenting when you stop sinning. Okay. 
Somebody else going to preach tomorrow, so. I ain't had Wendell screaming on the organ tonight. Like he can do it. Half the time y'all listen to that instead of this. Cause it moves you in your soul, in your emotions. It moves you in your mind. I'm coming. So you admit your guilt. Well, that's come a long way. Modern church doesn't even teach you to do that. It teaches you to blame everybody else. Just watch the internet. Everybody blame everybody for they sin. Well, it was my wife. Well, it was, let me tell you where a lot of the guilt falls. Anybody remember a president named Bill Clinton? I remember. I remember Bill. I remember. Watch me, you get mad at me already. You don't even know what I'm gonna say. Just stay on Uncle Sam's plantation, go ahead. Clinton, watch this now. It's not about Clinton. Watch this, Clinton changed an entire nation's concept, including the church, of what sexual relations are. It's not that. This, this isn't that. It's only if you do that that it's that. Are y'all grown? That's why we got so many preachers doing that. So many deacons deacon that out. Don't look at me funny, I'm tired of it. I'm weary with it. I'm tired of making excuses for you. So Clinton, Clinton said, give me, yeah, give me on Facebook. Clinton said, Clinton said, so that's not sexual relations. So entire generations were changed. Your children think there's absolutely nothing before God wrong with doing that because the president said so. Can I help you? Just because they made murder legal doesn't mean it's right in the eyes of God, does it? Y'all act like, well, they legalized gay marriage, so. A rainbow is the covenant of God, Nike. This is the Rainbow Coalition. Look around. Dear God, I'm preaching. I'm about to quit. 
No, I'm just telling you what Isaiah said. <laughs> I waited all week to hit you with that. Be seated. So like Isaiah's prophesying, right? I mean, he's moving the crowds. He's prophesying to a nation. God's nation. And does not know God. He knew about God. He knew about him. Like he went to church and stuff. Like he filled the pulpit. Like he gave the sacrifices. He gave in the offerings. I mean, he was a big flipping deal. Just like you think you are. He's a big man. Oh, he getting invited to preach. Oh, the big me. He got invited to Dominion Camp meeting. We'll see how you do. You better have some oil you get up in here. So Isaiah, Isaiah fell down. Isaiah said, I've had it. I cannot continue this charade. I will not speak in the name of one I do not know. All he had was two generations. He was two generations removed from any revelation of God, and yet he was prophesying. In my parents' generation, 65% of the people walking the streets in America claimed and upheld biblical principles. 65%. You know what it was in mine? I'm a boomer. You know what it was in mine? 35. Millennials, you know what it is in yours? Four. Four. So just keep entertaining them. Just keep giving them what they can get at any business seminar or Vegas strip. Or find a Bible. Isaiah said, if I can't find God real now for myself, I quit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God, what would happen in American churches if preachers and believers ever got to that point? If they ever said, I'm tired of all these stories. I'm tired of hearing about grandpa. I'm tired of hearing about back in the day. I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see deaf ears hear. I want to see the cloud of the glory of God fill the t- Or just be satisfied with your full church of dead bones. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. 
preach the gospel. I could give you every sermon you need this year. You must be born again and you must be baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's it. Oh, but how will the people learn? If you get them saved, they would have such an insatiable hunger and passion for prayer. How many of you, a dad or mom, wave your hand. You're a dad or mom, wave your hand. How many of you had to teach your baby to cry? Then why do you have to teach them to pray? How hard is it for you to keep them off the internet, talking to everybody and taking pictures of themselves and sharing them around? How hard is it for you to keep them from doing that? Not at all, is it? Then why is it so hard for you to teach them to bring somebody to church? You don't want me to preach like this. I don't know, you want cancer back in my vocal cords or something, I, I don't know. You know why you're so quiet? Because it's been so long since you heard any truth. Sit down. Isaiah. Isaiah said, I'm not going to be satisfied. Watch me now. Watch me now. With a revelation of some, a, a, a knowledge of somebody else's revelation. Stop coming up to your preacher with your lower jaw stuck out and your mouth gaping open and say, feed me. Feed your own self. Find a Bible. Turn off the Kardashians or whatever, the dirty housewives of where? Preachers running around. Well, if I could get a reality show, I'd get five million likes on Facebook too. We're living in a generation that knows not God. Neither retain a knowledge of him. We don't know God, we know about him. We've got secondhand information. That's why you believe everything, every backslidden pulpiteer pumps out. You made a decision. Ezekiel or Isaiah said, I can't take it. I can't take it. I got to know God. And so he set his heart to seek God. I didn't say he prayed some little lay me down to sleep prayer. The average preacher in America prays eight minutes a day. And we wonder why the church doesn't pray. Eight minutes. Why am I the only one saying this? Thank you. This is why I'm here. Before we go to church Sunday morning or wherever you sit in church Sunday morning, ask yourself, is this what Jesus would say if he walked in here? 
quiet. Second, a confession. We admit guilt sometimes. But rarely, if ever, do we get to point number three. It's called conversion. The process of changing something from one form to another. That's my job tonight. I'm about to change your formation. You with me? Okay. Will you give me 10 more minutes? All right, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed. Do, do you like have me live on Facebook or something? Okay. Be not conformed to this world. Okay. Break it down. Let's say it together. Say it real slow. Stop when I say stop. Be not conformed to this world. No, 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 no. Watch the bouncing preacher. Be You're going one beat too much. Shove your neighbor and say, uh, we've been conned. You've been conned. You've been sold a lie. Do you know what a con is? Somebody or something that presents itself as authentic. If I hear one more sermon about authentic Christianity, what does it even mean? I don't know. When you get past 60, you're haunted by questions. Haunted. Why are we doing what we're doing? Most believers never ask themselves that. Why do you go to church? What's that all about? Well, you don't know why you go. Why do you go? Well, you know, it makes me be a better person. <laughs> Wrong. Oop, you messed that up. It'll make you a better person. Makes you a religious person. Look, I have no more need for your Pentecostal religion than I do a Shinto shrine or a Hindu cow. They're all the same. This has nothing to do with religion. Religion is a con. 
I'm going to say it again. Religion is a con. It presents itself as authentic to try to get you to do something or be something by deception. We've been con, man. We've been con. We've been told this is church. Church? I'm going to service. Well, I go to church to serve the Lord. Wrong again. You don't come in here to serve him. You come in here to be served by him. You go out there to serve. Well, I serve as an usher. No, you don't. That's your reasonable service. Watch this. Be not conformed. Formed. You know every pew you sit in? Every message you listen to? You're being formed. They will mold you and make you into exactly what they want you to be. And all the while, God's sitting outside saying, what about me? What about me? What about the million going to hell this week, this year? Do, do you weep over them? You weep over your own family? I don't want to be formed by the current church culture. I don't want to be formed like that. I want to be formed where nobody has to ask the mothers of the church to come pray. Where every service they walk back and forth in front of the church with tears dripping off their face, crying out to God. God, give us souls tonight. Give us one. Just give us one soul tonight, God. Just one. Where's the church? What are we doing? Oh, but I have clout. Oh, good. No, but I have a, like we're full. We're full. What are you full of? You say, I'm full. Full of what? And besides that, why are you full? You're supposed to be empty. You're supposed to get refilled. Peter got rebaptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Do you know what filled means? To host. Host the ghost. make me believe you're born again filled with the Holy Ghost and you average going to church one time every six weeks that's the average in Pentecostal evangelical churches that's why our preachers have to repeat things all the time because in order to get it to everybody statistically in order to get it to everybody that sits in those pews they have to preach it for six weeks 
before everybody gets it. And so they go to the preacher seminar and that's what they train them. I refuse to pastor a bunch of goats that don't have enough of God to desire the presence of God in his house. I refuse, I'll be Isaiah and I'll quit. So let me just ask you, let me just ask you, have you, have you, I firmly believe that the reason it's hard to get people to worship is because they've never had a revelation of what they've been saved from. I got criticized for that too. Quit saying people get saved. What do they get saved from? That'd be hell. I'm just trying to figure out who I'm preaching to. When's the last time you heard a really good message on hell? Huh? Talk to me, man. I'm on borrowed time. On earth, not in here. I'm tired of the game. I've had it with the charade and the parade. Polishing each other's armor to march in a parade. While that world out there goes unchanged, our neighborhoods are unchanged. Pornography is flowing through our leadership. The people we said were saved. Preachers asking me, you get back to the hotel after you preach for three hours. You mean to tell me you don't want to break open one of those little bottles? Are you kidding me? I've been saved. I don't need that. You want it? Go ahead. I'm a Nazarite, man. And when cancer attacked my vocal cords, I said, no, you don't, devil, because alcohol ain't never touched this. I don't need it. Well, we need to fit in. That's your problem. Fit in. Got the preacher of the biggest church in Cincinnati, Ohio, Pentecostal, having keggers for fellowship. That's how sick the church has become. Sick. It wasn't Clinton's fault. It was that backslidden preacher that told him that was true. We're lost and don't even know it. The problem with the 21st century church is we have We're religious with no knowledge of God. It's not the atheist shaking his fist in the face of God that's a hindrance to the kingdom, marching into darkness, reclaiming enemy-held territory, taking back everything that the devil has stolen, bringing him the reward of his suffering. Jesus didn't die so you could go to church. 
Did you hear me, Brian? You tell those people in California, Jesus did not shed his blood so they could come to church. Jesus shed his blood to save their eternal souls from eternity in hell separated from him. And maybe they'll be able to worship. Everybody up. Nobody moving around. Everybody up. Everybody up. I didn't mean to get on it, but I did. Listen to me. You listen to me as if you're never going to hear another message as long as you live. You're feeling good or you're having a more successful life is not why Jesus died. Oh, there are benefits. Whoopee. I don't care if I live in a shack if the Spirit of God fills that place. I don't care. I don't have to live in a shack. You, you recoil against any. I'm blessed. I mean, I'm blessed, man. But I fear we're blessing people to hell. They think this is a Ponzi scheme. They do. Isaiah wanted to see God. He didn't run to some altar and pray some five-minute confession so we could get the next crowd in. Does anybody remember? Clint, I know you remember. Hold upright piano like that. Wood pews. I remember the glory. It's not a story to me. It's not something somebody told me. I remember. I remember the night I got saved. Some of you can't even shout. Sister Gillicuddy on one side and Sister Yeye on the other. 30 people in the building, wooden benches, 45 watt light bulb hanging down. Now, if I believed that'd save you, that's what this place would look like. But it doesn't. People are always saying, well, oh, but times change and we have to change. Our, well, change your methods. Nobody cares about your dumb methods. They ain't as cool as you think they are anyway. I don't care about your methods. Is there life change? Was your life changed or do you just go to church? Was your life changed? 
Did you feel it? Somebody put their hand as far down into the deep inward parts of your being as they could and took something out of you. Do you believe? One of them hollering, hold on. One of them hollering, let go. I didn't care. I was eight years old. Eight years old. I've never fornicated. I've never looked at another woman. I've never stolen a thing. God be in my witness. I got something. I don't know how long I stayed down there. I don't know. And they'd make you testify. We ain't got time for that. Make you testify. See how many remember this? Tell us what the Lord's done for you. I'm eight years old. I'm eight years old. And why are you spending all your money on adults anyway? when 78% of everybody that gets born again, gets born again before they're eight years old. Why don't you learn something? Play it. It's quiet, ain't it? We don't know what to do with that. We don't know what to do with silence. We don't know how to manage that. Daniel said they run to and fro. So busy. Job said, when I consider the Lord, I fear him. Moses said, I would to God that they would consider their latter end. The number one statement in hell is I did it my way. I never intended to be here. You know what we do at Valor Christian College? We train young men and women to give altar calls. How many of your leaders could do it? An altar call. Yeah, this, this is an altar. This is where folk come to die. They come, they come to, well, I thought this is where they come to get blessed. Well, they can get blessed after they die. We, we got the heart before the course here. We, hell. That book says, it's a place of the eternal incarceration of the doomed and damned souls of men, and it is forever. I heard some smart old preacher not long ago out of his book where he was propagating homosexuality, and he said, the fire of hell 
in the Greek and the Hebrew does not mean a literal flame. I'm like, cool. I'm okay with that. I'm a, don't matter to me. What, what do you mean? I know. It doesn't matter to me if flames of hell are real fire. First of all, he doesn't know his Bible because he said, because your body could never withstand that. That's the reason he said he would give you a new body fit for destruction. I feel like Jesus tonight. When he said, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And from that point, they followed him no more. Okay. Because here's what I know. To be absent from my body, I've had enough of this world as cankered as it is. Spend your whole life trying to dig out a little gold. I'm going to walk on that stuff. But it really wouldn't matter to me if the gates of heaven were made of wood and swung upon leather hinges. Wouldn't matter to me if the mansions were nothing more than cardboard shanties. Wouldn't matter to me if there was mud in the streets, knee deep. If Jesus is there, that will be heaven for me. I'm 62, Clint. I got a lot over on the other side. My dad is there and my mom. My only sibling's there. I'm the only one of my family left. Brother Summerall's there. Brother Wigglesworth. Brother Carter. They're all there. And I'll be damned if I'm gonna not make it. There aren't enough batting eyelashes or long skinny legs to turn my head from what I've got on the other side. You're not listening to me. This thing is real. I've got to tell the church it's real. This is real. It doesn't matter to me if the flames are real. If they're not, they're worse. A friend of mine named Roberts preach a little like I'm preaching tonight. He noticed a gentleman and knew him. He was the wealthiest man in the entire county. He was a peach rancher or orchard or whatever it is. His driveway was two miles long. Led up to a beautiful colonial home, South Carolina. 
He came to the meeting several times and he stood in his pew and wept. Finally, Brother Roberts couldn't take it anymore. There was such the convicting power of God in that room. Does anybody remember that? Conviction. Well, no, you're condemning. You don't know the difference in condemnation and conviction. Conviction is to your spirit what pain is to your body. It's not your enemy, it's just a warning. There's one there. That's what the love of God does. And so, Brother Roberts went out to the gentleman. He wasn't trying to snuggle up to him because he was wealthy and he could give a lot to the church. He snuggled up to him because he recognized the convicting power of God upon him. So he walked up to him and he said, Sir, give your life to Christ tonight. Tomorrow's promise to no one. And he said, now look, preacher, I came to the service. I listened to your sermon. I sang some of the songs. I even gave an offering. Isn't that enough? And Brother Robert said, no, sir. You see, Jesus said, you must be born again, a new creature, a new species of being that has never existed before. You must be converted. Old things passed away. All things become new to you. That's the gospel that we used to preach. They prayed with me that night. They stood me up. They said, how do you feel? I didn't know what else to do. We took our baths in number three wash tubs. What? My mama heated the heated the water on the wood stove. And I always got the second dip. My sister always got in first. And I just looked at those folks with tears streaming down my eight-year-old face. And I said, all I know is I feel inside like I've been washed with mama's life soap in a number three washed. I felt clean, man. I felt washed. I felt new. Everything looked different. Brother Roberts saw that man let go of that pew and run out that building. That was on Sunday. On Tuesday, Brother Crab, on Tuesday, he got called to that place down that long two-mile driveway. The windows were open, the front door standing open, and he heard screaming coming from the upstairs bedroom. Screaming. This man had everything but God. He was sitting up in the middle of that big old king-sized bed with chunks of his hair pulled out and thrown in the floor. And he was screaming. They're here, Brother Roberts. They're here. 
Brother Roberts, they've got a chain. Don't let them get me. They want to take me to hell, Brother Roberts. Don't let them get me. Brother Roberts reached out to pray with him. And by the sworn witness, it was like somebody picked up a handkerchief and threw him off that bed in a heap in the middle of the floor. A corpse. That man's in hell. How many are in hell after our services? Where's the convicting power of God? Where's the hope of the gospel? Where's the king of glory? The hope of the gospel is not that God will help you become a better person. That's humanism. That's not the gospel. The gospel is everything in you of hell will come out of you in a moment and no one will have to tell you something irreversible has happened deep with the inside of your being that the... Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around. You said, Pastor, this dominion can't meet you're asking people to get saved? Yeah. I'm asking you to get born again. I'm asking you to stop the charade. I'm asking you to come out of hiding. Come out of playing the part. Simple questions. Do you have more of a hunger for God's word than the television? Do you have more of a hunger for prayer than the internet? There's nothing wrong with the internet. I'm asking you about your priorities. I'm asking you what makes your heart palpitate. I'm asking you what's the driving force of your life. Jesus is here. He's here right now. I'm going to count to three. I was at a preacher's meeting a few weeks ago over 2,000 pastors there. 800 of them came to the altar, weep their way to the saving grace of Christ. They made it right. Get it right, man. You know what Paul said? You said, now pastor, you're going a little far. Let me tell you what Paul said. God forbid that having preached to others, I myself become a castaway. Come on, man, let's get it straight tonight. Let's let Jesus do what he wants to do. If you don't know that you know that you know, unless you can point to the moment in time where you know you became a new creature, everything about you changed. The Holy Spirit's talking to you right now. I love you. I love you. Let's get it right tonight. On three, Pastor, I want to go to heaven and not hell, and I want to know it. I want to know God. I want to know about it. I want a living, vital, moving, vibrant relationship with Christ. I want to feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to know it. Peter confessed, you are the Christ, 
the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon. Look at me just a moment. Blessed are you, Simon. Flesh and blood have not revealed it to you, but my Father. You are no longer Peter. You are no longer Simon, but you are now Peter. But look 13 chapters later, the same Jesus, same one, same Jesus looked at him and said, Simon, Simon, I, I thought he changed his name to Peter. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he might shift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you wait, 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 wait. that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, somehow in 13 chapters, Peter had made a confession, but it never been converted. He wasn't changed. But that same Peter in the book of Acts said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent, said Peter, every one of you for the remission of your sins and you will be converted, become a new creature. It's not enough to decide, it's not enough to confess. New creature. Oh, I feel hundreds and hundreds are gonna get new creature status tonight. New creature status tonight. New creature status tonight. New, you're gonna look in your rearview mirror and wonder who that is staring back at you. On three, raise that hand and say, I don't want any doubt in my life. I wanna know that I know that I know that I know I'm as sure for heaven as if I was already there. On three, raise that hand. One, two, three. There it is. Leave it up. Leave it up. Leave it up. Don't put it down. Don't put it down. It's at least 40% of the people at Dominion camp meeting. So what do you think is going on in most churches? You want it? You want it? I dare you. As quickly as you raise that hand, push seven people out of your way and run to this altar. Look at this. Look at this. Come on. Come on. Don't say I can do it in my seat. Jesus said, you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Come on. This is what faulty preaching produces. We have faulty conversions because we preach a faulty gospel. Come on. Come on. If we went to midnight having a healing prosperity service, you'd all be shouting. Look, I didn't tell them to kneel. I didn't tell them to kneel. 
that's God. People falling in front of him. Come on. To hell with this spirit of arrogancy. To hell with this spirit of entitlement. God doesn't owe you anything. Come on, get in. Get in. Get in. the back of the building I don't know why you can't shout I don't understand I dare you to start crying out to God God fill my altars forget about filling your church ask God to fill your altars give us souls God bless we die come on get in as close as you can leaders in here I said I want leaders in here if you're a preacher get in this crowd get this crowd start praying with people if you're no good in the altar you're no good in the pulpit get this altar empty without you. God, I need you in my life. God, I'm tired of the charade. I'm tired of playing the game. I'm, I'm tired of being dead men's bones. God, tonight, tonight, God, save me. Save me. Yes, I make the decision. Yes, I make the confession. But tonight, God, give me a conversion. Make me a new creature, Jesus. Let me hate what you hate. Let me love what you love. Let me turn from evil. Give me a desire and a hunger for your word. Lord, let me be there every time the church doors are open. Cry out for a while. I don't know what to say. Just tell God how you feel. You don't have to repeat after me. Tell him. God, save me tonight. Save me tonight. Be real to me tonight. I want to be like Isaiah. I want to see you, God. I want to know you. Father, let the eyes of their understanding be enlightened in light and grace and mercy and forgiveness. Holy Spirit, convict of sin. Holy Spirit, convict of sin. Drive out every demon power. Drive out every lustful spirit. Drive it out, oh God. Drive it out. Drive it out. Drive it out. 
Lift up your voice. Get used to the sound of your own voice. Get used to the sound of your own voice. God, I won't play out of it anymore. Satan, you lose everyone. You lose everyone. Let them receive the life of a child of God. We reject the con. We want the real God. Give us the real. We're not leaving this altar till we know you're real. are trying to get right with God. Help them. Help them. Break every yoke of bondage. Set every preacher free. Father, we, we bought into the con. Jesus, fill us. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Spirit. Give us power. Give us power over devils. Power to resist temptation. Power to love our spouses. Give us power, God, to walk right, to talk right, live right, be right. Only He, only Jesus can save you. You cannot save yourself. You cannot deliver yourself. You need Jesus. Cry out to Him. Wash me, Jesus. Wash me in your blood. Wash me. And just as soon as I can find water, I'm going to be baptized. And I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. to reveal it to me. My grandfather Smith Wigglesworth couldn't read another publication, but he could read the Bible word for word. God move on you people. God move on our churches.
to lift your hands. Lift your hands and say, God, give us the real and let us die. Give us the real and let us die. Jesus, make it real. Be real to me, God. I don't want the con. I don't want the con. Lord, I'm coming. Silence is the language of defeat. Shouting is the language of victory. Let me hear you roar, Zion. I want to hear you roar like two dozen blind eyes were just open. Because those are natural eyes. Tonight he's opened the eyes of the blind. Those of you in the altar shout. Everybody sh shout until it's not you shouting. Praise him for what he's done for you. Praise him for his blood. Praise him for his cross. Praise him. Praise him. You're saved. You're never going to know what hell looks like. Bless him. Lip both hands. Lip both hands. The international sign of surrender. And I mean surrender. You're all his now. You're all his now. If he doesn't breathe out, you don't breathe in. He's got your heart in his hands and massaging it to beat blood through your body. He's your savior and salvation, healer and healing, deliverer and deliverance, provider and provision, protector and protection. He is your all in all. Give him praise. Give him glory. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.